Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. To a Celtic state of mind, I'm Paul John Dykes, and today in a slightly amended lineup, we have the poet formerly known as Kevin Graham. We have Jared all the way from Celtic Down Under, and we have Paddy Sinnott of Vital Celtic. I'll tell you what, we've got a right good collaboration going on here. But before we do anything, Jared, talk me through that t shirt, mate. That's a belter. How can the listeners get one? Yeah, we've uh, set up a store at the moment, so it's like a print-on-demand thing. So um, there's all the sizing charts on there. The site at the moment isn't our usual website. That's in the middle of being transferred over to www.celticdownunder.com. So eventually they'll be available on there. But in the interim, it's at celticdownunder.square.site. You can go on there. There's T-shirts. There's hoodies. The prices are in Australian dollars. So if you're over in the UK, paying in pound, it's going to be a heck of a lot cheaper because of the exchange right, so happy days. The hoodies are nice and warm. Wish I was wearing one, but it's too bloody hot over here in Australia at the moment. <laughs> Lucky you, because I had to defrost the car this morning. Kevin Graham, we've got Primal Scream in the background as normal. We've got Mogwai on the cap. Um, what's happening with you? I've seen an advert that you're doing a Tommy Burns Supper. Would that be right? Yes, I'm doing the Tommy Burns Supper at Greenock CSC on the 10th of February. 
So I'm really looking forward to that. It'll be my second one that I've done. It's always a great night down in Greenock. Um, hopefully I can do something a wee bit different than I've, what I've done the last time. So I'm trying to work out something at the moment. That uh, will be a one-off. Uh, so I'm trying to work out to do something a, a, a little bit slightly different. Really? What's your inspiration? The Brits from 1998. What's your inspiration? Peak Oasis. No, no, not to do no. that. No, no, no okay. That. I, I can't, I can't let my inspiration uh, uh, hang with it. It's no ACDC anyway. So that's... no, cancelled, cancelled. <laughs> and and Paddy, tell us what you've been up with, uh, up to at Vital Celtic, my friend. Oh, just try to keep up with the usual transfer rumours, nonsense. Try to see what's happening with Jack and Marcus. It's, uh, it seems to take a lot of twists and turns, doesn't it? So we'll see We'll see how we, we got on today. But now, busy as always, trying to find the latest Celtic news to bring to, to my readers. Twists and turns, Tommy Burns, it all links yep. in. It all links yep. in. Now, earlier on this morning, Paddy shared what he thought would be the lineup, And I've got to say, I'm not just saying this, I agree wholeheartedly. We'll run through what Paddy thinks and what I agree with. And we'll ask Jared and Kevin if they would change the lineup against Dundee United this Sunday. Of course, it's a four o'clock kickoff. Live on the box. Any of you guys get a ticket? I know Jared won't be able to go. Uh, Kev, Paddy? No, not for uh, me, I'm afraid. No, no, for me. It's one of the only away days I really miss is going right. to Canadise. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully I can get back to going more regularly where I actually deserve a ticket for these games. Eh? So, uh, But it's one of the grounds I miss actually going to is Tanadice. Had many a great night at Tanadice, many a great day at Tanadice. The Seed Dijkstra game when, when Dundee United got relegated was is always a highlight when the Celtic fans were uh, questioning Seed Dijkstra's second job. Uh, shall we say? <laughs> and um, I think the last time I was there, Chris Common scored a scissor kick. Oh that yes, was a, that was a Friday night game. Was the last time I was there. Uh, I can't wait to get back to places like Tanadice and that. Yeah, I love Tanadice. The, it's a modern ground where they've shoehorned it into an old and an old stadium. Eh? I love mm-hmm. that sort of that. Future and past bolted together, and it doesn't. It shouldn't work, but it does work. A lot of stadiums have failed, but Tanadice hasn't seemed to failed. Like it's still got an old school vibe about it. Yeah, I mean Chris Commons. Where did it all go wrong, Kev? Where did it go wrong for for Chris Commons? A fantastic player, uh, particularly under Neil Lennon, but now not as revered by Celtic fans. Is it more to do with his punditry? Did it start going wrong that night in Mould where he was uh, throwing abuse at the dugout? I was about to say, I, I think that was the start, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what a player he was, Paddy. He was. I'm always sad when a, a player who put in a shift really embraced what Celtic was all about, him and, him and his wife. Uh, and now, you know, a lot of it is to, to do with the punditry. But that was unfair on Ronnie Dyla and John Collins that night, I think. And uh, obviously things weren't right at the club. But yeah, will he ever get back in the good books, Jared? Once once you've crossed that line, is that it? I just look at it and go, yeah, he pretty much thought he, I think he got a bit too big for his for his own good in his own mind. Because um, yeah, in the comments, I think it was Urban Culture, he said that Collins had the same diet as Morelos. And, you know, when you got Ronnie's come in and he's trying to, change the professionalism of the club and get people to stop eating hot chips and everything for, you know, at the training ground and then going out and practicing and stuff like that. Well, 
he doesn't he refused to do it and that was the turn. His professionalism wasn't at the levels we needed to go to. So I think that's where his downfall began. Yeah, I also think about players like that who might have carried a wee bit of timber. And I'm not being cruel here. You know, there have been players at Celtic um, who have carried a wee bit of weight over the years. And I sometimes wonder, Kev, would it have, you know, improved his game by a great deal if he was super fit, super athletic? I mean, I remember Big Hartson talking about it, saying that he was always at his best when he was a wee bit overweight. He seems to be able to roll players better. No, I don't think so. I think it's a, it's a natural body shape. And Coleman's got used to playing with that sort of natural body shape. He knew what he was good at. He knew what he couldn't do. And, and I remember Billy McNeil tried to bulk up Joe Muller. And Muller was never the same player after it because he basically slowed him down. Right. Um, when they bulked up. So there's a, you've got to look at that aspect. You look at some of the Celtic players now and you can actually see physically they've changed for the better. And you saw, you, saw, you saw under Rodgers as well, Brendan mm-hmm. Rodgers claps on there. You saw under Rodgers as well. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But when you look at Commons, rumours were that Commons was one of the worst ones when he was trying, when Ronnie was trying to implement a more uh, <coughs> balanced diet, shall, shall we say. Um, I, I, for me, I think Commons' his legacy has been somewhat sullied by his punditry and certain papers that he, that, he, that he wrote for. But where's his missus? His missus was big on the Celtic scene for a wee while and she's seemed to have disappeared as well. Very, very early acts on. I think it might have been episode two. Aye. It was an interview with Lisa Haig uh, talking about Aye. her charity work and how she had embraced what a Celtic state of mind was, was all about. She was going to CSCs and everything. was going to yeah. away games, drinking the buck fast. And... Talking like, of buck fast, Kev. Like, um, you know what I mean? This, this little... I don't, can you see the buck fast on that T-shirt? There is a reason this is here. I'll see if I can bring it up. Here we go. See, he's carrying a wee bottle of the buck. You oh, see aye, that? Aye. Oh, yeah. This is one of the bands that have been in the studio. This is uh, Mark Sharp and the Bicycle Thieves. Bicycles, aye. Right? And that T-shirt is ultra rare. That's one of the earlier t-shirts. You can't you can't get your hands on that. But they were just during the week there announced as Lewis Capaldi's support band. So Lewis Capaldi keeping it real, um, bringing in one of the bands from his kind of home village, the area that he's from, and also they're all Celtic fans, obviously, right? So they've got great taste. And Mark Sharp and the boys are going to go on the European tour with Lewis Capaldi. Imagine getting that phone call, right? But uh, what the boys are doing is, so that they've got enough shekels in their pocket for a European tour, because I'm pretty sure you'll need a few refreshments along the way, they're doing a big hometown gig. Tickets are running low, less, or sorry, fewer than 50 to go the ticket link. I fired it underneath so you can support fellow Celtic fans, Mark Sharp and the Bicycle Thieves supporting Lewis Capaldi if you want to go and see them live. Cracking band. And I must say, Mark himself is one of the best male vocalists we ever had through the doors of the studio. The guy is a real talent. So uh, check them out. Check out our Unplugged session on the channel. Now, all focus starts with Paddy's lineup. I'm going to have a wee look at that. You announced it this morning. I'm going to read it through and then check if Jared or Kevin has anything to say about it, any changes to make. Then we'll work through the team one by one. So Joe Harton goes for you, Paddy, with Johnston at right back, Burnaby at left back, Starfelt and Carter Vickers in the middle. Your midfield three is Hatati, Moy and McGregor with Maeda, Kugo and Jota up top. Jared, I'll come to you first. Any changes you'd make to that team? Uh, the only question for me is, okay, do we go with Jota 
on the right wing or do we go with a barter? That's the only question for me. Everything else I would agree with. It comes down to do we want someone with a bit more trickery in Jota or do we want someone with a bit more directness? Because we've already got Maeda who's direct, so do we go for two direct wingers playing with Kyogo there or do we play for someone with a little bit more, bit about them with the ball at their feet? Yeah, Either option works for me in this situation. Um, so I'd be happy to go with what Paddy's put out there, but at the same time, that's the only question. Listen, that that was also my thoughts this morning, Jared, and uh, I take into account that Abada seems to like to play against Dundee United. You know how some players, Kev, just fancy it against certain teams. They turn up against certain teams. The aforementioned wee Joe Miller loved playing against Rangers. He terrorised them. Um, and I think Abada likes playing against Dundee United. What's your thoughts on Paddy's team and any changes you would make? I'm with Jared here. The only, the only change I would probably make would be a badder for uh, Yota. Uh, Yota's really, really frustrated me since we've came back for the World Cup. Um, I feel that we should be getting... I, I want more for him. want more for him. I think he's been a bit inconsistent. And I, I says it with Paddy and John, I think a has been hard done by the manager. There's a couple of times where he's been rotated, we can't say dropped, because... He doesn't really drop players, but I think there's been a couple of times where he's been rotated and I went, I can't see why he's getting taken out that side. Yo, yeah. I can see why he's been getting taken out the side, but I bother, I couldn't, I couldn't actually see it. Um, I want to see Mirhak Sabanovic, but I can't see where he gets into that front three just now. But I'm sure that he's going to have a bit of an impact for the bench. But that would be the only thing I, I can't... I wouldn't have Yota starting just because he seems to have went off the boil a little bit. That would be the only thing. Everybody else, I think, picks themselves if you're going on form at the moment or availability. Um, mm. And also, he hasn't got the option of playing Josip Juranovic at left-back now. So he's got to go with Burnaby. And again, I think he's man-manager. Now, Burnaby's been a bit questionable, <laughs> like dropping him completely. For the squad for the what game was it the St Martin game St Martin game yeah uh, St Martin game the guy's only fit left back at the club at the moment he's a young lad he's just came into the country but then again I didn't I didn't I couldn't tell you what sort of character what sort of like characteristics Bernabe got the manager probably knows that dropping them like that would be would maybe work for him. Mm. But for an outsider looking in, I thought that was a bit. Mm, wait a minute, that could go. It could go two certain ways, eh? Um, I. How how would to, you work? What would be your motivation, Kev? If you get dropped, do you want to prove the manager wrong, or are you the type of guy that go in a sulk, go in the huff? You've worked with me for five years, John. <laughs> Paul, you can I would go in the huff. You can, you can, that's what I would I've do. I've worked you for four weeks now. No, I knew that answer. <laughs> I would go in the half and like write write a poem about it. Write a poem about it. messages on Twitter and stuff like that, using emojis and rubbish like that, and try to get myself a move. (laughs) But it depends. Obviously, Postacoglu knows the character of this guy, and and knows that we didn't ken. Maybe the guy had something else going on. Maybe there was something else in in the background or something like that. I've got a theory here. I've got a theory for you. Could it have been that? Bernabe hasn't played a lot of football so far this season because Greg Taylor's pretty much been, to me, player of the season so far. So Bernabe's barely had a chance to establish himself and get a run of games. 
then suddenly he's in and he has to play three games or three games in in a week. He's not going to be able to just go from nothing to that. And then you look at with um, Juranovic being able to play left and right and his move coming. Okay, let's drop him from the St. Mirren game. Let's put Berner, Let's put Juranovic in. Give him a farewell match. Give Bernabe a game off so then we can get through to where we are now where it's one game in the week and just manage his legs. I think it's more that more than anything else. It's a good shout, Jared. That, that really is. I wanted to talk about uh, Bernabe, and obviously we will do that running through the team because he is getting a bit of stick at the moment. I've seen a lot of comments, not only on Axon, but on social media as well. Paddy, you you were speaking to a few this morning about uh, the stick that Bernabe is getting. Um, it's interesting. We talk about form. We talk about some people, you know, uh, the jerseys are, are theirs. They're picking themselves, etc. But I think that the very fact we're sitting here and everybody on this particular broadcast agrees that Moy's a starter. Have you told me that before the World Cup? Uh, and by the way, I've never really been a, a critic of Moy, but I was more of a fan of Matt O'Reilly. But Moy has done enough to be that first pick. So we'll be talking about that also. And I want to know your thoughts on who is the first choice right back because you know what Jared said there? I'll come to you, Paddy. Jared said about a player who hasn't had a lot of game time playing three games in a week, and I totally agree with that. But that also shines a light on um, just how well Tony Ralston did when he came into the Celtic side. He'd kind of been out the picture for the best part of 18 months. Maybe, I think, two appearances uh, in that period. He comes in and he basically plays every game he's asked to play. Um, But he's dropped out of favour at the moment through injury and Johnson coming in. I'm going to ask you the question, who is our first choice right back now? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I think it is, uh, is Johnston. I don't think it's Ralston at the moment. I think he'll still play second fiddle um, simply because... Johnston is is, uh, is an annual signing, isn't he? So he, what, what did they spend on him? Three three million quid, was it? Three and a half million quid. Um, I can't see spending that kind of money on a fullback and and then all of a sudden deciding, nah, he's not good enough, we'll get Ralston back because back to injury. And by the way, Ralston's done nothing to, 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 to warrant being dropped. Like you say, um, Paul John, he's come in, done a job, and he's done it consistently well. Um, I mean, look at the look at his last minute goal against Ross County. He's 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 great defensively. He's good to go forward. He bombs forward. He can pick a pass. So I think when you could, the good thing about it is there's going to be decent competition there. I think that's what we need. Um, and I think, um, but I still believe that Johnston will be the main man. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Jared, because I totally agree with you and I think that's a good theory on Bernabe. Um, and also the fact that Juranovic was leaving and you give him, <laughs> you make sure his last game wasn't that game at Ibrox, basically, right? Um, as well, that's you don't want that to be the memory. Um, but when it comes to the right-back position, Johnson's not really put a foot wrong, but I don't think Ralston has either. Um, how do you manage that? How do you keep both players happy? 
Um, it's a tough one, but uh, I think realistically, how many games a week do we tend to play? Two games a week? So it's like what we used to say about Bruni when he was getting a little older and his legs were going. We, we needed to find that other replacement, number six, to come through who can play that, you know, that one game out of every three so we can, we can manage him through. Now, we've got two players for each position, so if you're at the right-back situation, Johnson, to me, yeah, he's the starter. Ralston is this season's uh, Turnbull in that he pl- started every game until he got hurt, and then he's going to struggle to get back into the team. Yeah, But it's great to have that option where we've got two quality right-backs. So it'll be Johnston. We know Ralston can do the job. The way Ange manages things, and he always has, even since his days back here in the old NSL at South Melbourne, it's a squad game for him. So... He'll look at it and go, he'll speak to his sports signers and he'll be like, oh, okay, Johnson has played 84 minutes in this game. He's played 90 minutes in this game. Okay, it's time for him to have a break. Let's get Tony in for a run and just go from there. And he'll just manage it that way. So everyone will still be part of it because it's a squad game. It's not about the first 11. It's about the team and, you know, next man up basically. That's the way he does it. You know, when you talk about right-backs, Kev, I always think back to that fantastic centenary season, which was the first season I started going to the games. The only player in that squad that played every single game was Chris Morris, who, by the way, had been playing a right, as a right-winger for Sheffield Wednesday Reserves when we signed him. He played every single game at right-back. And the um, right-back position had basically been Jim Craig, Danny McGrain, and Chris Morris. So I, I'm being brought up with brilliant right-backs, you know, overlapping right-backs. But I, I've, I'm of the view that since we lost Lustig, we've not had a decent right-back until Ralston uh, was thrown in there by Ange. I just think every right-back in between. Some might argue Alhamid was a decent player. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't mind Maurice Bauer calling what despised him with a passion. Uh, Friend Pong, we got good money for him, but I didn't rate him as a right-back. And all of a sudden, until last week, we had three really decent international right backs we're now down to two how do you play it are you uh, uh, you know on uh, Jared's kind of training thought with that one Uh, um, I think you'll see a natural drop off in Alistair Johnson because at the moment he's playing through uh, adrenaline basically joining a big club he's got to get used to the training he's got to get used to Angie's style of football and once Ralston is fully fit I can see him getting more game time than, mm-hmm. than Alistair Johnson just because I think Johnson's been thrown in at this period because needs must and I don't think that's been perfect for Ange he says it plenty, plenty of times he says I've chucked players in when they shouldn't have been ready but I do suspect that you might see AJ not flapping a wee bit, but dipping. And it's a natural, it's going to be a natural dip. You saw it with Akati last season as well. You get the utter higher signing for a big, massive club. Then you get the adjustment he's signing for a big club. And AJ uh-huh. still did that adjustment he's signing for a big club for me. And I mean, we're talking about Greg Taylor being player of the season. I mean, Ralston was superb before he got injured. Yeah, Absolutely he was. Absolutely superb mm. before he got injured. So he was better than Juranovic, Kev. He, he, aye, he was better than Juranovic. Aye, definitely. Like, I think we were all saying that before Juranovic was leaving. We're going like, well, Juranovic hasn't been the best. For me, Juranovic was the best right back at the club. But he hadn't been the best right back at the He hadn't been the best right playing right back this season. But he's the best right back at the club. That, 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 was, that was clear to see. Yeah. And 
I think Alistair Johnson's got a great future at Celtic, but what we've got to expect is, I say the other day, it's got to be tough to play for Celtic. It's, it's, it's got to be, it can't be easy to come into the system and take the mentality on. That's going to wear players down and they're going to have a dip. And it's great that we'll have Tony Ralston to come back in when Alistair Johnson does have that dip. Yeah. Because that, that dip's going to come. For sure. Jungle Lion, you're in on the comments. We've got just about 600 watching live, which is tremendous for a Friday. Hopefully everybody's looking forward to their weekend. Jared, incidentally, what time is it over there? Uh, coming up on midnight. Mid- oh my goodness, that, that is dedication for you. Um, thank you for that. Jungle Lion, having three hungry strikers at the club, we're, we're jumping from right back to centre forward now. Um, it's no bad thing. Did Larson, Sutton and Hartson no harm? It certainly did not. Uh, let's talk about Yakamakas before we get uh, delved back into the, the defensive discussion. There's a story running at the moment that the deal that uh, we, we spoke about yesterday, actually, I, I called Atlanta City yesterday. That was my mistake. It was Atlanta United. Um, it has transpired. It's not a permanent deal they're looking for uh, immediately. Paddy, what's the latest on that? What can you tell us about that deal? Well, that that, that report came from MLS Soccer uh, in the US. I think it was out at four o'clock this morning, some silly time. Or it may have been late last night. And it, it raised a couple of eyebrows with me. Why would we look to, to even entertain a loan deal um, for Jack and Marcus? Because, and, and, and what interested me was the loan deal would be made permanent if certain, um, what was it, what, how did they describe it? Certain incentive-based performances or something like that was met. So what exactly does that mean? Mm. Does that mean how many goals he scored? Does it mean how many appearances? But if it doesn't meet these this criteria... Does he come back to Celtic? What goes on? So for me, it was a, a very, very strange, um, a very, very strange report, uh, which I covered this morning on my blog. And I, I, I don't understand it. I mean, he's twenty, or oh, will be twenty-nine. I think his next birthday, won't he? Um, so if he's looking for his next, his next big move, and he's, he is chasing a decent wage, I don't think a loan move is the best way to go about it. I don't think the club should be entertaining that either. I think we should be looking to to move him on, move him on permanently. Um, Aye, a very, very strange um, report for me. I, I did think it was quite strange. And I was thinking as well, Jared, that, you know, Juranovic, he's a player that from the very beginning of the season, there was all the speculation around him and the names that were getting thrown into the mix were big clubs. There were a couple of English teams involved there. Barcelona were mentioned. And then... <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what actually happened, though, was when it came down to it, we were kind of left with a potential loan to buy to Serie A. And the team that eventually bought him hadn't even been quoted till the kind of last minute. Jared, do you think it's a case of that way, Yakamakis, that there's other deals being done, other discussions being done, and we're simply not aware of it? Potentially, but it also could just be, you know, he's, he's in the half, he's his agent reaching out to anyone and everyone that he knows within his phone book. And for me, I look at it and go, if he was to go to Atlanta, United, for instance, Atlanta's a nice city. It's been there a couple of times. It's all this sort of stuff, right? It's nice place, but at the same time, you're a top scorer in the in the Netherlands. You're a top scorer in Scotland. You've just played in the Champions League. Why would you want to make that move at that age? It makes no sense to me. And then, um, yeah, so... I don't know, I just don't think it makes sense. But in terms of the transfers, like you were saying there, Paul, well, there's probably more going on. There's probably 
his agents talking to all these clubs, but they're like, how much does Celtic want for us? Mm. And then as soon as he says, oh, they're going to want this amount, yeah, it's out of our budget. Would they loan him to the end of the season because they want to try before they buy sort of thing? No, we want a permanent or we want a loan with a guaranteed deal. And then clubs would bulk, would bulk at that because they don't know what their finances and stuff's going to be like, so they can't afford him. Yeah, that, that's right. And I think that we're in a situation, Kevin, where we're in control of this. Yeah, we have brought in another striker who we'll talk about, right? But we're in control of the situation. He's under contract until 2026, I think I'm right in saying. Mm-hmm. And um, he is, as uh, Paddy says, he's, he's getting to that point where he's hitting the peak age, generally, for a footballer of his type. And I also think that if this chat around you know, performance and then renegotiating a deal somewhere down the line, if that is the true chat, has he done enough to get more than what... He started off with it because he's not a first pick, Kev. And at the moment, he doesn't look as though he's going to be a first pick between now and the end of the season. There's something about this whole situation that utterly stinks. And they haven't quite managed to smell quite what it is yet. I mean, the American club, if that deal, what's Paddy just tells us there's true, that's like when you go through an airport and you spray on the most expensive aftershave that you can get with no intention of buying it whatsoever. You just want yourself <laughs> to smell good when you go into the plane. What an analogy. They're just taking the mickey. You're telling them to bolt. You're telling no. them, get out get out the room. You're not even reading the room here. You're not even close to signing this boy. Is if, if that if you think that's going to be good enough, the Italians then the loan to buy that seems to be quite common in Italy, and that's all to do with financial fair play and stuff like that, and accountancy, accountancy issue. But I there's something just quite rotten about this whole situation whatsoever, and it begs the question: Is why is nobody in Europe coming in for the top goal scorer in Scotland and the top goal scorer in the Eredivisie? Why is there not even some non-mark Championship club coming in, mm. like? to offer the the money that Celtic are going to be looking for for this player. Yeah. It just seems really, really strange um, to me. If he wants to move to the MLS, it's got to be for money. But to answer your actual question, no, he's not worth 25 grand a week. No. If he's looking for 25 grand a week, he's not getting it for us. No. You don't think it's weird, though, like the, how the top goal scorer at Eredivisie didn't go to one of the major clubs in Europe? Right. I'll rephrase that, one of the biggest leagues in Europe. Because normally that's the case, isn't it? But he ended up at Celtic for two and a half million quid. I'm going to get called negative again here, Paddy. But uh, I, know, I, think I, know, ex- I know, I think it was extremely obvious when you actually see him play why he never went to one of the top top leagues in yeah. Europe. The well, obvious thing as well off the back of that was, okay, he was the top goal scorer, but half his goals come from the penalty spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and his penalty, sorry, his goal scoring record, Jared, prior to that season wasn't great. And, and at his age, you know, you're thinking they're all obviously as well, Kevin, they're not just going to look at uh, the goals, Tyler. They're obviously going to look at his data. I, I would need to ask someone like Alan to fill me in on whether or not, you know, he, he scores high in all the various me- metrics that these bigger clubs are definitely going to be looking at. But my take on this is that we've signed um, O, and straight away you're thinking, right, it's a wee bit like Johnson. We're getting a player in before the, you know, the replacement's in before the player leaves. So we bring Johnston and Juranovic leaves, we bring Owen, and then you're taking it for granted. That's because Jakimakis is going to leave. But I, th- I just think there's, there's another way to look at it. And yeah, we were being called a bit disrespectful for saying O was a project signing. But all I meant 
by that is that you're you're certainly not signing them to take Kyogo's jersey at this moment in time. You know, there's no way O is going to come in and be a first pick. By the way, Moy did it, right? So, you know, I stand to be corrected if it does happen. But he's definitely back up for Kyogo. And I just think that that's too, too thin pickings for me between now and the end of the season, Paddy. I'll come to you first. I think, right, that even if you are looking at Yakamakis to keep him here until the, the end of the season, I mean, we've already got one cup final coming up. We're going for the league. We're going for the treble. Um, and I think a player like Yakamakis, with O coming in, we're, we're having those three out-and-out strikers at the club. We're going to be, you know, very, very strong in that department. You take Yakamakis out of that, even if O hits the ground running and he's a major success, <coughs> I still think it's too thin to be running with two strikers. What's your thoughts? I, I, I is, but what do we do? Do we run the risk of keeping a player that's unhappy at the club? Um, for the rest of the season, which could probably cause more damage than than not having them. Um, and like some of the guys were seeing in, in Wednesday, we could put Maida up there. I'm not really a fan of that. I think Maida's probably best out in the wing where he's been sensational the last, what, four or five games for Celtic. So um, unless there's plans to bring in another striker, but there's never been a rumbling of, of any sorts to bring in two strikers this window. Um, so... I, I agree. I think if Jack and Marcus goes, we're thin. We said it on the pod on Wednesday, um, and I, and I think that if we if we go down that road of having Maida up there as backup to to Kyogo, I'm just not convinced that was that would work. So I think you're basically taking a player who's 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 on form, mm. who's found the form since after the World Cup. He's a, he's a different player now, and then we're essentially going to move up with the middle of the park up front where um, he was getting a lot of stick before. Before the World Cup came in, he was got a lot of stick off the fans for not being able to finish um, or get on the end of, end of the final ball. So, I I think if we keep Jack and Marcus, that could be worse. I mean, history tells us keeping an unhappy player doesn't work. It's it scuppered or ten in a row. Um, and what we don't want to do is, is have anybody in the background that's going to cause any unrest in the dressing room. Yeah, for right, sure. Uh, right, right. Parallel universe time. I'll ask the question. Oh, here reason. we go. Right, parallel universe time. What happens if he signs a new contract for fifteen grand a week? Well, that means he's happy because he's got the extra money. Good enough. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than five G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Fifteen grand. As a backup striker, I would say, aye, I, I, I would be happy with that as a backup striker. And then we look to the summer. I, I agree with that. I've just stole I, your thunder. I've just stole your thunder, there, Paul John. So no, I agree with that, Paddy. I, I think that I've said for a few weeks now. I don't. I don't mean you just give him what he wants and you break the the wage structure of that, Kev. But give him enough to make him happy and keep him happy at the end of the season, and then let's return to this kind of discussion um, on, the, on the point I made what I love about him out wide Paddy is his defensive qualities yep. he really does help out the, the full yep. back the inverted full back situation and I know that uh, Jared Ewer 
Celtic down under colleague Liam rates him through the middle. Um, he does like him through the middle, Maeda. What's your take on this? Because obviously Abada can also do that job. You know, he can get more game time through the middle. I've said that one of the biggest issues Jakimakis has is his lack of versatility. He can only play one position, and that's why he's not getting game time elsewhere. Um, what's your take on it? If we could do, as, as Kevin's parallel universe suggested, if we could do him a, an improved deal, would you do it? Would you keep him? No. I wouldn't just for the fact that what you just touched on. Ange likes players who are versatile. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so we've got Kyogo, who's one type of striker. We've got Jakimakis, it's a different one. O is more in the middle of both of them, which is good. O is also, Kyogo is 20, just turned 28, I think it is. O is 21, so it's the production line. You've got your starter, you've got your young guy coming through. So I thought we needed one more striker anyway in this window, even if Jack stayed, to be that third string I'd got to develop for future seasons. But now, if Jack Amakis moves on, fine. We've got to either bring someone else in or is it Kenny comes up and be that third striker and knows the backup? I don't know. There's options there. But for me, I don't really – just knowing the way Ange works and how ruthless he's always been. So if you can do the job for him, here, if you're not, if you're going to cause a stink, if you're going to complain about your money, your playing time, you know, get go to your agent and have a bit of a have a bit of a sook because you know he's not getting paid enough, he's not even starting. And just the sorts of, I don't need that trouble. See you later. Jog on, off you go. We'll bring someone else in. That's the way he always has been. Mm-hmm. He did it when he went in the Brisbane Raw, where he got rid of Bob Malcolm and Craig Moore and all those guys in the club come in. Didn't like him. Good See you taste. later. That's because he's a big Celtic man, though, isn't he? He's got good oh, taste. He, even even <laughs> he was a Celtic man. <laughs> right. Even back then, yep. You know, I, I get that. It's the old bad apple um, in, in the bunch, and it you know it does spread. And by the way, a lot of what we, we talk about in, for example, the Ronnie Dyler time is being confirmed after the event. You know, there's a couple of guys in there who are not really willing to, to buy into Ronnie's ideas by the way, mainly senior pros, the, the younger guys benefited massively from it and they oh, did buy into it. Yeah, aye. And then you've got the Neil Lennon situation. It was Neil that told us that there were players in the dressing room who were unhappy. Um, and by the way, I, I think that the one guy, because so far I reckon, right, so Yakimakis has done his wee bit on the socials and all that. But in terms of his performances, I've not seen, I've not seen that you know, that Edouard drop-off, as it were. And I didn't see it with Ayer. I, didn't, I don't think Ayer did that. I always thought he approached every game the way he always did. Um, but again, if we keep him and you don't give him that improved offer, Kev, because we're not obliged to do it, then you might see that there's a bad egg in the camp and that, that is the worst-case scenario. So you can see how it's something of a dilemma for Andrew. Or, as Jared says, there's no dilemma. If you're unhappy, on you I go. Don't think, I, I'm kind of looking at this a different way. I think if you got to the summer and Yak- if this, none of this had happened, none of this had ha- happened at all. Yakamakis was quite happy. There were there were there was we talks about a, a, a deal such and such. We got to the summer. I think Yakamakis would have got moved on anyway because he's no good enough for what Ange Postecoglou was. What where's the takers? Hmm. I think maybe maybe Yakamakis got wind of this and knew it himself. By the way, I'm going to try and need to get out of here when my stock's at the highest. He's created a bit of a fuss. His agents realise that there's no good sweetie shops want him, and he's sitting there now going, what am I going to do? 
Do I go back with my tail between my legs, knowing full well that I'm going to be gone at one point, knowing full well that the club's probably bring in my replacement right away and could bring it could bring in another striker for South Korea to knock him f- further than the pecking order. I think he's tried to jump ship because he knew he was going to get pushed. Mm, and I, and, I, and and I do I do do think he's maybe been intelligent that way and saw the writing on the wall and went by the way. If I've got this clause and I've done the inverted thing in my contract, which means I can get away from here quite easily, then he's he's tried to press the nuclear button and missed. I always remember Fergus McCann talking about the, the Van Hooydonk situation because Van Hooydonk had a promise from McCann that if he had, you know, performed well, then they would look at his wages, nothing was put in writing. And McCann's retort to that was, what if you give him a three or four year deal and he doesn't play well? Do we reduce the wages? So, you know, you make an agreement with a football club for X amount of years and then 18 months into that, you're, you're starting to say, I'm due more. Well, you can't get a game from the start, Yakimakis. We'll see how that develops over the next few days. It's the 27th of January. There's only four days to go, I believe, until the transfer window slams shut. Now, the Urban Culture keep saying on here, but Gigi's name on the cup final team sheet will bring glory to the good people of Glasgow. Will he be in the cup final team, Kev? <laughs> uh, who knows? We've got a couple of days to find out and a lot of games to play between now and the cup final. Eh? So it's, uh, it's really quite strange to predict the, the future. It might be. How much How much do you think is a reasonable fee? Because remember, going into the, the transfer window, we're talking about Juranovic. Uh, he's at peak value. He's had a good World Cup, bronze medal winner, Champions League uh, campaign behind him. All this stuff that makes him as valuable as he's going to be. And I kept asking on Axom and we were getting fees from 12, sometimes 15. He eventually goes for a you know a total fee ten million quid. So I'm going to ask you all the question: Were you happy with the Juranovic fee? And if we do sell Yakamakis, what fee would you be happy with? Because at the moment it would appear that there's a, there's a four million pound bid on the table from um, the Red Diamonds, isn't there? Well, allegedly, allegedly, as I say, I've got my theory on that that he's just put a Japanese name out there to, to show, show the reason that he's unhappy. That's just my. I don't believe there's a bid for red diamonds just based on what Liam says. Just Using them as a as a chess piece. Aye. Uh, so, were you happy with Juranovic's fee? First of all, Kev. I'll go somewhere first. Do you know what song Fergus McQuarton, Fergus McCann quoted to Van Hoydonk when he went in and asked for the new contract? <laughs> um, cry me a river. No. <laughs> Do you know the way to San Jose? <laughs> and he says to he says to Van Hoydonk, eh, all the stars that never wear are parking cars and pumping gas. That's what he said. Can you do, can you do that in a Canadian Scottish accent? Can you can no you danger. give us a shot? Okay, no, no danger. Juranovic, <laughs> eh, Union Berlin will always mean to me that we've made a messy a transfer and a contract. That's what it means to me. Eh, ten seven million pound up front going up to ten is absolutely rotten for a player that's just had the World Cup that he, he's had. The club has made a massive boob somewhere so you, along the line. talking about that on um, on Wednesday, you guys, you, Paddy and John, weren't you? Because there is a theory around the contract, which, again, it's not not something we're going to find out until much later. Um, but that that's your thought then, Kev, that, that we've messed up the contract on that one? Well, you just have to look at the fee. 
I mean, and uh, where he's ended up going as well, it's another one where his, where his agents maybe thought he was going to get a bigger club. He's ended up going to a German uh, Union Berlin who are sitting second in the Bundesliga at this precise moment in time, mm-hmm. but they're not a very big club, really. Celtic is he, are a is he even, club in Union Berlin. Has he seen um, that as an in? As, a, as another state? Maybe he's seen it as an in to get another move somewhere else in the Bundesliga, yep. maybe. But to get £7 million reportedly up front for a full-back who's a full creation international, um, who's just had the World Cup that he's had, whose stock is at the highest, doesn't make sense. Right, make I'll sense. come back to you on the Yakimakis fee then. What, what was your take on that, Paddy? Because, again, we were in control of the situation. He was he was our player. It's not like we were backed into a corner like what Hibs have been with a couple of their guys um, in terms of their contracts. Yet, we get seven to seven and a half million up front, rising to a potential ten. Were you surprised at that? I, I, I personally thought, and I'd said consistently, I thought it should be north of £10 million to start off with. Um, all for the reasons, I don't want to regurgitate what Kev said, but all for the same, exact same reasons um, Kev has brought up. But I know you keep saying, well, you said that we were in control, but will we really? If that rumour about contracts and et cetera, et cetera, is, is true... Maybe we weren't in as, as in control as, as we thought we were. Granted, he had what three years left in his contract, and, and after that World Cup, uh, we should have easily got north of ten million. I forgot to mention the contract left as well. Aye, um, and and that's what I thought. I, I thought we could have got maybe ten to twelve million. I think seven million is cheap change, especially for a Bundesliga club. Um, all this nonsense about going to Barcelona and. Real Madrid, that's just all agent stuff. That was never happening. That was all pie-in-the-sky nonsense. I include the Manchester United story in that as well. Um, but Union Berlin's probably his level. I can't see I can't see him getting another in or another side for the Bundesliga, for the for Union Berlin. I think that's his final payday, his final contract, and, and, and he'll see he's probably the rest of his days out there. Hmm. It's, it is interesting, Jared, because it's raised so many questions and I know the, the guys on a Wednesday have spoken about it a couple of times now um, because the fee is a lot lower, even than the kind of lower end of the fees that we were talking about. And he has gone to a club that, albeit they're sitting second, um, you know, historically and, and even in, in the near history, it's not as though you would regard them as a successful uh, German club in terms of honours. Etc. So is it a step up in league? Yeah, I think we'll put our hands up to that. But certainly not in club, is it? No, not at all. For me, I was like, I didn't even know Union Berlin existed. Like for me, it's always been heard of Berlin. That's the that's the Berlin team. Like the Bundesliga tends to be one one club per city or mm-hmm. per town over there in general. So the fact that he's going to Union Berlin, I'm like, who are these guys? I thought they'd be down the bottom. So the fact that they're in third at the time and they're in second now is Decent because he could still be in the Champions League next year if they hold where they're at. But realistically, I'm looking at it going, he tends to make a move every 18 months to two years over the course of his career. So he's 28 now. He's think probably thinking, if I go over there, I do well for the rest of this season and next season, I can get a move. Say Frimpong, for instance, was to move on to somewhere else, go to Leverkusen, there's his next move, try and get to Dortmund, something like that get to that sort of level of club for his next move for his last payday when he's just under 30 and he can sign for a two, three-year deal and make a bit more cash that way. That's probably what he's thinking. But 
in terms of the club that is Celtic, the history of the club, the fan base, the the fact that, you know, he had video clips and TikToks and stuff made about him with a fireball. He had everything. Your hero worshipped here. Over there, not so much. It's not going to be the same. No, so right. we got massively, massive unders on uh, what we what I thought we probably should have got. Yeah. Well, what president does it set, though, Kev, for this next deal that we're talking about? Yakamakis, you know, clubs are thinking, oh, fair game. Right back, World Cup, get them for seven and a half. So a guy that's not getting a game will try and undercut them a wee bit here with the price. Is that, you know, is that what's happening so far? Is that why the only fee that we've seen so far being floated is four million quid? Now, I know that would mean that we've made a profit on them, but four million pounds? It seems a bit low, especially... Look at the clubs that are interested. There's no English teams interested. If an English team's interested, even an English Championship club, that that figure goes up. It does go up because that's that's loose change to them. Four million pound. Why did we get the top goal scorer for the Eredivisie for two and a half? Why? It's that doesn't make sense. Mm. Does the four million make? Does the four million make sense? Probably no. But he's a top goal scorer in Scotland and like it or lump it, playing in Scotland comes with a sort of tax where he didn't get actually what the player could be worth. And for a guy who's having an Indian summer in his career, four or five million is probably a decent deal. A guy that's turning 29 in the summer who's only been top goal scorer in Scotland and Holland in the last two seasons and does lack, there's no room for development. And, and Yakamakis and teams will see that. Yeah. Um, but I'm surprised, I, I'm really are surprised that there's not a team down south wanting to take a punt on them. I mean, some of them pay like eight, nine million pounds for phone coaches and they're not going to try and buy a guy who's a, been a proven goal scorer in the last two seasons. A throw-in coach? Try... Eight, eight or nine million quid for a throw-in coach? Ah, that's... I mean, that's... <laughs> That's that's all they're aged in there, um, but but you get but no, there's no struggling club or a club at the top of the championship wanting to take a punt for what is there them sweetie money on a guy who is a proven goal scorer. Mm. That just doesn't make sense. You've got five million quid on the top end of Kev uh, Kev's chat there, Paddy. If we were to sell him for five, what would your thoughts be? I, I would say five, considering his age, possibly is all right, I suppose. Um, I would say anywhere north of six million, maybe close to seven would be better. It's, it's like I was saying on Wednesday, the striker is that sexy position, isn't it? It's the one position that gets people excited. It's the one position that gets all the glory. And it's the one position that Jack and Marcus has proven that he can do over the last two seasons. Um, I think the only problem he's got is he's not getting that that regular game ahead of Kyogo and people will see that they'll, they'll ask the question well if he's that good why is he not getting picked why is he not a starter you can probably hear my dog in the background there um, so it's I'll, I'll with probably, you. I, I'll, I'll mute myself in a wee minute she, she's shouting Rangers I think um, Challenge sell, sell, sell mate Aye, I know I'm going to make one better one. Um, but I think um, I, I lost my train I thought they were causing my dog but I, I think anything anything up to six seven months would have been probably the right kind of price but I just think it's interesting that the players we're talking about who are leaving for these low fees are the players that were signed last summer Mm -hmm. under the old CEO I just think it's a bit strange Yeah, now basically the crux of this Jared is going to be that we paid around five and a half, six million quid for the two players that we're discussing here and we are 
probably aiming to get about 15 million quid in for the two of them. And when you look at the fact that we're brought in two replacements, maybe for the same prices that we paid for the guys that have moved out, and we might not be any worse off of not seen O in a Celtic jersey yet. Do you see that as kind of half decent business? Because, I mean, Johnson's 24, O's 21, Kyogo and, and Yakamakis, sorry, Yakamakis and Juranovic are 28. Um, so, you know, if you look at it as sim- in simplistic terms, it's pretty shrewd. But I just think we got to a point where we were thinking, oh, we'll get maybe seven for Yakamakis and 12 or 15 for, for Juranovic. And that's where the disappointment comes in. Well, it's it's smart in a way because you don't really want to end up with these older players you're paying a crazy wage to and you can't move them on when they're in their 30s. Like when you look across across Glasgow and you've got McGregor, Arfield, Davis, these sort of guys who are getting a fair chunk of cash, but they're old. So the fact that we're getting these guys who are hitting their peak, this is probably the best fee you could, you could get for them. It's a perfect time to sell them. They've got years on their contract. It's good business. But in terms of the overall thing, these guys leaving, okay, it's about the replacements coming in and they hit the ground running. Alistair Johnson has done that job, so I'm not stressing about Juranovic leaving at all. We've got that one covered. If we were to get, say, six to eight million pound for Giacomacus, just plucking a random number out of the sky here, if we were able to get that, I'd quickly return and see if we could get Cho, get him in. Because mm. if we could get him in plus O, and then you've got three strikers still, and look at the look at the age profile of those two. Now Kyogo's hit twenty eight as well. Your forward planning again, your squad's younger. We were the third youngest squad on aggregate age at the start of the season. And we're getting younger while still developing our squad for not just now, but for next season in Europe and moving forward. So it's great business. It's clever forward planning. But, yeah, I think in terms of the fees coming in for those two players, yeah, not ideal. But, you know, we've got to, we've got to flip players and, you know, constantly progress the team. I like that idea, Jared. I do. Um, if Yakimakis goes, we bring in Cho. And we'll have the, the three strikers that we spoke about at the top of the show. Thurban Kulci is coming in to say good day to fellow Axom addicts. It's brilliant to know that there are Axom addicts out there. They worked on Monday, your dancer. Well done. Superb. I'll be back in the studio on Sunday to cover the game. Uh, why not play Kyogo and Yakimakis together? I don't think it's going to happen often. But Martin, obviously they have shared the pitch fairly recently because uh, Yakimakis came on uh, when Kyogo scored the equaliser against Rangers, didn't he? So, yeah, that's something that's going to be very interesting over the next four days. Um, they, you know, our main challengers may have embraced ACDC. What we're doing on Axom is embracing Mark Sharp and the Bicycle Thieves who are going out on tour in Europe with Lewis Capaldi. And they're a local band, they're unsigned, and they need a few quid in their pocket. They're doing a hometown show to raise some funds so they can uh, buy a beer or two when they're on the road. Tickets for the gig are running low. And the link for those tickets is underneath this video. Now, let's get back to the team. And Paddy, you were standing up this morning for Burnaby. He's coming for a bit of flack. Ange came out a few weeks back to say that um, he's very happy with him. And he's obviously more of a, a long-term investment. That's what he called him. Um, is he getting too much of a hard time? Kev, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think so. I really do. He's... <sighs> He's came into a different country, different culture, different way of playing. 
as Av says, it shouldn't be easy to actually adjust into an Ange Postacoglu style of football, and it shouldn't be easy to adjust to playing for a club the size of Glasgow Celtic. And I think we're finding that. I think he's only played 13 times. But the same folk that were actually raving about his signing are now gone, he's no good enough. And I don't think we've seen enough of a guy who's got circumstances where his form's a bit up and down. And one of the main circumstances is a guy in front of him is possibly our player of the year. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's probably stopped his game time, uh, his development time and his game time. But I think he's been okay. Ah, he's had his problems. Um, I think we're still at the loving stage with Alistair Johnson, but the two games I've seen Alistair Johnson in person, I went, ah, he's been solid enough. But he's never, he's not as spectacular. I never saw the Rangers game, so I can't comment on the Rangers game. And I watched the Kilmarnock game sitting by a pool on my phone. So I'm not going to really judge anybody on that. Can't but hide the money, yeah? It was only resting in my account, right? It was only resting in my account. Yeah, you said that Wednesday. on Wednesday. I've already <laughs> said that. Um, but when I've seen him twice, he's looked solid enough. Is he an, up, is he an upgrade on... Ralston and Juranovic, I think my jury's still out on that because it's going to take... I think you can only judge players in a year at the club. Give them time to get used to the system, used to the city, used to the actual mentality that you need to play for Celtic and make sure that they, they're the kind of guys that you actually want. I mean, everything Oz says has been absolutely brilliant when you, actually read, when you actually read what he says about his mentality, about that he really wanted to move to happen. And that's all great. He needs to go and prove it on the park. So mm-hmm. does Burnaby, but he needs the chances to prove it on the park. But I just think folk are too quick to judge players. They're either brilliant, they're flavour of the month, or they're absolutely terrible after 70 minutes against Brighton. You know, that's I don't a know, Kev, you are quick to judge on Wednesday, weren't we? About our new signing, now folk are too quick to judge about Burnaby. It swings and roundabouts, really, isn't it? I mean, we should have done a bit more research on him. I didn't know Kenny was like the, the, the push-up champion in the South Korean army and stuff like that. I mean, I, I didn't know stuff like that. Eh? He's a hardy bit of, uh, he's a hardy bit of cat, eh? He is a unit, yep. He definitely is. Uh, Burnaby is coming in for a bit of stick. Uh, I think that I have been impressed with some elements of his game, Jared. Uh, there was a defence-splitting pass that was superb against Kilmarnock. Um, people are pointing out that it's a defensive quality that he doesn't seem to have. But, you know, yeah, you do need it. Of course you do. But generally speaking, you know, in terms of our attack and play, the way that we we um, are, are steamrolling teams at the moment, you know, we're scoring a lot of... Four four nils, four ones, etc. Against sides, uh, Burnaby. I think if you give him game time, obviously he's coming back out when when Taylor comes back in. But if you give him t- game time and he grows in confidence, um, I, I think that we will see a player in there. We've not bought him on a whim. It's been he's been a fairly expensive acquisition, and obviously he needs time to adjust. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, it's called culture shock. Like, look at it this way: if you in your job had to pack up. You're a young, young guy, not yeah, 20, 21, whatever. You had to pack up, move across the across the world, you know, go into a place where you don't speak the language. If you're playing as a regular left back, just bombing up and down like normal and putting crosses, getting to the byline, putting crosses in, it'd be fine. But he has to learn to play an inverted fullback. He's also got the, probably, as we said, our best player so far this season in Taylor in front of him. And then you've got a fan base who – don't have time to see young kids blooded into the squad 
let alone a young like ones from our academy always cop it, but also a younger guy coming over like this because we can't afford mistakes because one mistake here, one mistake there can be the difference between winning and losing the league. As a fan base, the furnace has turned right up. The pressure's on from day one. It's going to take a bit of time to adjust and get into it. And when you look at the other left backs that we've had in the last few last few years before this, Greg Taylor absolutely copped it when he first come to the club. Took him a few years to get to the level he's at now. You can have a look as well. There was, uh, what's the other guy's name? Bolongoli. He was copping it. Mm-hmm. Black Salt copped it when he to the club. <laughs> and then there was, um, yeah, and then there was when Calvin Miller was playing as left back, helping us out as well, he was copping it. So it doesn't matter who it is. If it's a young if it's a young left back or right back, they always cop it from the fans. Misplace one pass or don't clear one header correctly, suddenly there's 200 people on Twitter bagging them out. It's like, come on, be realistic. You, you look at how long it took, even with performance after performance, um, how long it took for Ralston to finally win over the fan base, Kev. I, I think Jared makes a great point there. It's, it is so true. I was watching uh, Ralston and I thought he was playing well, but sometimes it was just one misplaced pass and then it's, you know, th- there is absolutely no leeway with certain players. At the moment, Burnaby is getting it tight, but I've seen Taylor being that player. Um, and I think that it is just a case of time. And saying all that, I want Greg Taylor back. I want him back for the cup final. I want him back ASAP. And hopefully you can then start bleeding Bernabe. And he's been a wee bit unlucky. The Dundee United game where he gets penalised for the handball, for example, you could see that that affected him. And he's, he's he took the eye off the ball. I think he got hooked at half-time as a, as a result of that. Um, so he's not had it easy. A wee bit of off-the-field issues as well. Um, so let's stick with him, is basically my message. Let's stick with him, and I'm sure he'll, he'll come good. Um, there has been some signings that um, have gone astray. Uh, Abilga, Ediguchi, and most recently, um, Maurice Jens. But how impressed were you, Kev? And it goes back to a point Jared made earlier. How impressed were you with the way that Ange deals with these situations? He's just ruthless. It's right, OK, we move you on. Let's put this out. Let's put the Burnaby situation in 12 months' time. We, we're not the ones to judge if, if Burnaby's good enough for Celtic. There's only one person that judges if Burnaby's good enough for Celtic, and that's the manager. And you look at the way that he's dealt with those names that you've just mentioned. If mm-hmm. Alex, if Alex Andrew Burnaby is nowhere to be seen in the summer, you know that Posta Coglu's shares the opinion of 200 guys on Twitter. But what he's actually saying. Now, he doesn't share the opinion with 200 guys on Twitter. You've got guys like uh, Abogar, who just never seems to have been fat enough. Gucci, who's been unlucky with, unlucky with injury, basically, to try and get in the team. Uh, but Postacoglu wants to get rid of them. As, as, I, I love the Yarads, what he was saying there, to flip players. I just had a picture in my head, they flipping them like in the air and getting them out the door and getting better in here. I, I, I <laughs> the love old, that. The old saying, Kev, the door's there, use it. Aye, and <laughs> I, th- I think for too long we've held on to players. I'm sure under a previous manager, Jens would still be kicking about. I'm, I'm really sure under a previous manager, because I'm sure a previous manager, I'm not going to say what previous manager, but he's out of work at the moment and he's probably looking at properties to let in Aberdeen. Would I say to Big would, would I say would I say to Jens? I I just hang about. You'll get game time and no play him. But yeah, but 
big post of Coglu was, no, I'm not guaranteeing anybody games. Correct. So uh, if you want to move on, on you go. We've already got your replacement in. And that's the way to be, but isn't it? You shouldn't have yeah, game time at all, ever. He's commented on it in the, in the press conferences. And I think that was a message to anybody in the squad. Um, if you think that you're guaranteed game, and you can imagine Yancey's agent and parent club, you know, making noises about the player not getting a game at Celtic. And, you know, oh, we should end this deal and put him somewhere else where he will get game time. And Andy's like, absolutely, because I'm not guaranteeing you game time, especially when you've just brought in Kobayashi. It, it does harm, Paul. You do know that some loan moves that these guys move and the clubs have to guarantee them game time. I know, yeah. I know, a, I know a young lady who was at Stenhouse Muir and they brought in a striker for Hibs. And the striker for Hibs had to play. Or it costs you money. Aye. It costs the, the, the club that's loaned the player money if you don't play them. Yeah, I, I, I've been advised of some of the deals. Listen, it's been a very interesting conversation as always. It was a slightly different Friday lineup, but a very, very good one nonetheless. We've had um, Kevin Graham, Jared Hill, and also Paddy Sinnott giving their view on Sunday's game against Dundee United. Keep the comments flying in. Give us a like on the video. It makes a massive difference with the algorithm. Um, Laura informs me. And by the way, it does because it just allows the the video to pop up in recommendations, etc. More people will watch it. More people will subscribe. and More people will become an Axom addict, as Urban Kulshi calls us. Now, one last shout. Mark Sharp and the Bicycle Thieves, brilliant young band uh, from West Lothian, and they're supporting Lewis Capaldi on a European tour. But you know what? They're unsigned, and um, they're doing a wee hometown gig to raise some funds for the tour. The tickets are underneath this video. There are fewer than 50 available. Let's see if we can get that sold out. Um, and if you want to watch some plug session that they did earlier, it's on our channel. Subscribe to the channel. Um, finally, guys, a very quick uh, roundup. Predictions for Sunday. Kevin Graham. Another day predictions. Celtic <laughs> win? Celtic win? Of course. Right. Celtic, Celtic will win. Nice. Paddy, give us a wee prediction. I'm going 4-0. 4-0 Celtic. Jared? Yep. Uh, 3-1 because of the way dodgy VAR incident. I'm just preparing myself for the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. And join us again half an hour before kickoff on Sunday on a Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.